getting pressure with Mike Rose, who couldn't get there in time. It's Lamb hitting the accelerator, cutting it against the green, hurtling into the clear. There goes CeeDee Lamb. He gets the block. He gets inside the five. He is... I believe in. Can you believe it? He's in. Touchdown. Hello and welcome back to the Schooner Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, as usual, he's upgraded from friend to co-host for some reason. <laughs> uh, Ty Lee. Ty, uh, another week, another just frustrating OU game. Um, this yeah. time we won at least, but in our hearts, I, I think everyone's... I mean, OU, OU, the OU fan base is in full panic mode uh, yeah. once again. Uh, what are your thoughts? Kinda I, I don't that? know... The first half was great. The first half looked like everything that we were expecting and wanting. And then it took a turn. Yeah, it just... I don't even think it was really the third quarter that was the issue. I know some people said that it was like a half thing. I could tell the offense really wasn't clicking as well. But, you know, the biggest issue was the defense in the fourth. Just, I feel like it was a classic kind of Lincoln-Riley style uh, you know, you're up 21, kind of try to chill out a little bit, and then the game takes a turn and you can't really crank it back into gear. It, it's very similar to kind of how Iowa State, you know, came back from a bit of a lesser margin in 2017, but it it, it did feel like kind of we've seen that story before. A uh, similar thing happened in, uh, obviously, the Rose Bowl. We don't need to talk about that, but um, it just... I don't know. It, it felt like something we've seen before. It was just very troubling. It did. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely a, a pattern that's beginning to emerge with OU. Um, granted, it is, you know, when it's the same team with the same coach and stuff, then maybe it's not as big of a flaw in our system. Maybe it's just a, a little specific issue that we can try to to locate and, and mitigate. But yeah, it was uh, it was not great. Yeah, and I, I think the biggest thing was the tackling that we saw earlier in the season. I, I don't know what's going on, but guys just aren't finishing tackles. They're yeah. completely whiffing on, you know, on just, you know, the simplest ones. Yeah, and in terms of individual actions, the, the defense look like they have regressed a little bit. Like you're saying, there yeah. was a lot of, a lot of bad angles, a lot of poor tackling, a lot of poor attempts at tackling. Um, and it, I think it was highlighted a little bit in this game. And and I know that you and I were talking about this during the game, but Iowa State is a team that tackles very well. They absolutely, you can tell that they hammer just the fundamentals, just get the right angle and, and get in there and do just a, a straight up, a little bit more old school than a lot of other teams are doing, just form tackle. And and you can tell that that's really emphasized and that's really reinforced with them. Um, now, granted, we did score 42 points on them, but you saw it on special teams. You saw it on, on a few other plays. They they really do tackle well. Um, and that, that kind of highlighted how poor the R tackling was in broad strokes. Yeah, I think. and, and I, I think there's a lot of... A lot of the narrative that is, oh, Iowa State has four losses or a terrible team. That's a solid squad, especially defensively. They really follow the fundamentals. Yeah. It, and we talked last week that offensively they're a bad matchup as well. Yeah, we saw a lot of those tight ends really wreck us, especially kind of down late. Uh, I, it, it was it was, it was was like the first half, everything looked like fantastic, like we thought they'd blow up. Like when, uh, in the, We had two scenarios. OU was going to blow them out. And really, like, looked like that team we saw in the first, or Iowa State was going to be gritty and play it close. And it's like both we got we got we got one version of those games for each half, and yeah, it it's kind of hard to feel it. It's hard to feel like OU, you know, won anything of value yeah, that's, here. That's what I was telling Katie after the game was we won, but the mood on on campus and the mood with most of the fans and and really the mood of the, the post-game press conference was that we lost. It it felt like a loss in all but but score and then that that um 
you know, mark in the record book. But but to OU, this absolutely felt like we lost. Yeah. Back to back. So we'll see how the team handles that. But I, it didn't it didn't feel I, Lincoln Riley said in his post game press conference that he thinks that across the board the first half of the game was one of the better halves of football that this team has played since he's been at OU, which is very high praise, I think, when you when you look back at some of the stuff that uh, that OU has done since Lincoln Riley began as an assistant here. So, and I don't, I don't know if I agree. I don't really disagree. It, it, it was a really solid half, and mostly in the first half because we had almost no offense in the second half. But uh, we did put up the most numbers, I think, in yards and, and possibly even points that anyone has against this Iowa State team all year. So they they are known as a defensive team. So the forty two points, especially when, when most of them are in the first half. Uh, that is that is pretty impressive and that's noteworthy, uh, but some some weird stuff happened at halftime. I I don't know what it was if it was the night game or the the weather or something threw off this this OU team, but it was uh and I, I know I was telling you this during the game, Bobby. I, as as soon as we came out with the first drive <clears throat> after halftime, uh, my thought was. It doesn't matter if, if OU scores or doesn't score the first time we get it. We need to stop them on this first drive. And it really doesn't matter what we do offensively. We just need to stop on this first drive out. And they went down and, and scored on that first drive. And, and from there, I kind of had a feeling it was going to be rough. Yeah, because from that get-go, you know, Iowa State scores, you know. But, you know, it... It, it, it really kept w- them in the game. Yeah, mentally, it, it reminded them like, "Hey, we you know have hope. You know, it's yeah. not over." And that's that's something that I think that OU starts games really well with. You know, starting with three and outs. It's something you've seen for the most part of our home games, and um, you know, really let letting them get a little ounce of momentum was important. But not only that, we we just kept turning the ball over, and it felt like we should have had more turn. Uh, realistically, yeah, hurts. Hurts just, looked just really by rough. pure chance. Hurts very easily could have had four interceptions this game, yeah. uh, which we would have we would have been run off the field um, For, had we turned it over. Four, because especially when two of those were in the first half on drives that ended in touchdowns, uh, this would this would be a very different discussion. Had some random things of chance not gone our way. There were some very, very poor throws. It's kind of like if the Iowa... It was like the Kansas State game, but if the offense was good in the first half of that game. Yeah. Because really, OU kept making (coughs) mistakes down the way that caused them to, you know... Caused Iowa State to come back and really gave them short fields (coughs) on two of them with the... um, Especially the last one. Yeah, and that's that was the weirdest thing is the defense had a couple a couple bailout ones. They turned them over on downs. They kept getting them to fourth, like uh, fourth and long, third and long, and it was the same old story that we saw last year where they get them in bad positions and they just can't stop them there. Which can't is, get them off the field. Yeah, which is <coughs> sorry. Oh, you're um, okay. Which <laughs> is honestly this weather man is nuts. Yeah, honestly, I think that's even worse for OU. Because it just screws us in time of possession. And it just screws the defense shoots themselves in the foot with getting worn out and being out there when we're constantly, every single drive is going to third down, third and long, and then they convert. And then they grind to third and long, and then they convert. And it, the fact that we keep getting um, three down downs and they continue to convert just really wears us down. And that's something that the OU defenses look like for the past couple of years. <coughs> One of our biggest issues has been that we hold people for three downs and then they convert. Yeah. So, Yeah, it, 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 that's kind of the problem with the, when you have an explosive offense is when it's not exploding, it can be it can seem like you keep trying to get that big play and you're not making – you're not making the four yard gains. You're not making yeah. the smaller ones that can get you to, you know, get get a nice little slant inside. You know, something. Yeah. You know, you know, matriculate the ball slowly down the field. <laughs> I um, think that's I think that's something that maybe can be a little bit attributed to to Lincoln. I think that we are very used to having big scores against people, 
And and the fact that 42 is a low score is kind of emblematic of, of what I'm saying here, but I think that he gets to this point where it's almost like something or someone betting where when they start to lose money, they're betting more and more and more mm-hmm. to try to have that one you know hand or that one role that makes up everything that was lost. I, I kind of see that from Lincoln Riley sometimes in play calling, and we'll have you know, a couple plays that don't work, and then the other team is catching up, and all of a sudden we start running these, like, huge plays or trick plays or whatever, and it's almost like we're trying to make up in one hand uh, through, you know, some sort of play-calling hedge what we've been losing instead of just sticking to the fundamentals and buckling down. Um, granted, Lincoln Riley knows a lot more about football than I do, um, so there, I'm, obviously there's more factors there at play, but I think a lot of OU fans would agree with me on, on that take of sometimes the fans would just kind of wish that we stick to more fundamental and and things that are working, even if it's just like Bobby was saying, even three yards of play. If you average three yards of play, they're never going to get you off the field. So Yeah, um, exactly. We, and- don't, we don't have to be getting, you know, big 20-yard plays. And, and again, some of, some of those numbers are skewed by guys like CeeDee Lamb who will catch a, a little four or five yard slant and then turn it into a big play. Um, but I, I, I hope everyone is understanding it. And Bobby, I hope you're understanding what I'm saying about some of the things that I see in the play calling and kind of that hedging. I know it's something I've seen on Twitter a little bit as well. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, as as most of our friends know, we are uh, firmly an anti-hedge <laughs> Anti hedge group here. Anti gambling group. Anti gambling group. Anti hedging group. <laughs> There's no gambling here. <laughs> Just ignore the um, the podcast that comes out later. That's definitely not us. <laughs> um, but anyways, let's let's kind of take a look at yeah. you know, some of the top performers. Hand out game balls, that sort of thing. And because we're talking about the defense, let's just wrap it up a bit. Uh, so. Who really stood out to you this game? It, it's kind of tough. Defensively, it's kind of tough because defensively there wasn't a lot of uh, a lot of great things. Not a lot of great things go around here. Um, well, Turner Yell looks like he. I mean, Turner Yell. This guy puts up numbers, but it's always like not the like the big flashy. Yeah. Type I, of I performance. guess who is it? Uh, I guess Motley. My defensive. Yeah. Who got the interception? Yeah, Motley. Yeah. So I, that has to be my game ball. He played him. Played him rough. Played him chippy. Uh, and, and just took it away from him. So that'll be my defensive game ball because that saved us the game. I think that was a bad call by, by Iowa State. I, they probably would have won. Why didn't overtime. they throw it into Kohler? He was wide open. Under I the don't roof. know why they didn't just kick the extra point. I would have kicked the extra point. Yeah, I think they would have beat us in overtime. I don't know. I that's, that's kind of a tough game to play with OU. Just even though you know they've been sleeping a bit and had a really rough fourth quarter, you you just don't really want to bet against well, here, Riley. So yeah. here's my here's my opinion of it is the the overtime if I'm looking at it from Iowa State's point of view is you either get one play to win the game um, or you take it to overtime and you get three of those plays at a minimum to win the game and you know you can kick if OU goes back and ties it then you get three more of those plays. So it probability-wise makes more sense to me to take it to overtime, especially when in this half they've outscored us, you know, 27 to, to 7. Yeah. And, um, and that was the thing, though, for me, is, like, they had a play, and they have a player who is so effective on, mm-hmm. you know... It, I mean, that's goal. how they got yeah. the touchdown. I mean, that is. And then he was wide open, and Purdy just throws it to the guy who's triple-covered. I don't know. I, I just... I, I see what they're saying with Kohler because it kind of pushed off a bit. You know, I could have. They probably would have called that pass interference if they looked at it. I, yeah. I don't really know. They didn't call it on Motley, which or any of the other two guys around, yeah. him, which was lucky. But I agree. I think it. I think it kind of has to be Parnell Motley. You know, if you if you make the most, he was the one that that stepped up when we absolutely needed it the most. I, yeah. And, I mean, when you look at the stats, like obviously. Um, <coughs> Turner Yell and, and uh, Fields and um, Murray and, and <coughs> sorry, sort of the usual suspects uh, did carry the day um, and really put that on their shoulders. And a lot of our a lot of our issues defensively, I know a lot of people disagree with me, a lot of our issues defensively, we did talk about the tackling earlier, 
Uh, but, you know, that can also partially be attributed to the size of the dudes, especially in our secondary. Yeah. And then the dudes that they were matched up against. Uh, but uh, there's been some significant scheme issues that have been able to be exploited. And, and that, you know, there's some depth issues with injuries as well that people are starting to to identify as vulnerabilities of this defense and, and game plan towards that. So, you know, there's a lot of factors, but things can always be better, especially especially defensively. I mean, I would yeah. say putting up 41 points is not not uh that's suboptimal for this uh yeah i mean just just looking at the stat sheet here the amount of depth iowa state has compared to ou is staggering yeah they're defensive just look at how many players they send out there that's an extra i can't i can't uh i'm bad at just eyeballing the math they bought a they yeah they brought an extra eight players i I believe eight or that's that's crazy i'm not even counting that one on there (laughs) that's bad eight to nine players yeah so they almost 50 percent more dudes uh we had we had 15 people register defensive stats. They had eight more than that. So that's crazy. Yeah, actually over over 50 percent, I guess. And, and yeah. that's really the reality of our situation here on defense is we just don't have the personnel, like especially depth wise. We're we're missing guys, mm. like you said, due to injury, and I think flat out just due to not having the recruiting there. But I agree. I I definitely agree. It, it's got to be Parnell Motley. Only, I mean, they're only like. Three tackles. Are, for actually, loss. well, I say our special teams tackled or our special teams tackles factored into this. Uh, no, I don't believe so. Are they? Because Iowa I, State could very possibly just have a completely different special teams crew. Yeah, maybe and that could I, be why they have more depth. I yeah, don't. Know. I don't know. That's a tough one. I <laughs> probably something we should know. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean that that is a good question. I feel like I did see it. Probably does because they count that. as tackles in the stats, and there's nowhere else that they would appear. Yeah. Well, okay. Either so way. take what we said about the defense. With a great Factor result. in, maybe <laughs> Iowa State just has a completely different special teams crew that goes out there. That is very possible as well. A lot well, of teams do that. So True, true, true. So that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> we, we probably should learn how to read a stat that. sheet. We yeah. kind of throw, we have a few guys that are special teams only, but. Yeah. We'll I mean, I, I feel like, I feel like I've never seen Ramondre Stevenson out there. On, on de- special on the de- On the defensive, like, list. I don't think I have. Uh, like he should have. He had a tackle off of a pick a few yeah. games. Ago. I just can't remember. Okay, that's what it was. That's what it was. So he has registered defensive stats, but but it was yeah. That's yeah. that's a different situation. Um, <laughs> well, anyways. So I, yeah, that's defensive game balls. Yeah, defensive game balls. It's just Parla, Parnell Motley for saving the game. <laughs> that was, yeah. That's about it. Um, let's move on to the offense. Uh, obviously, well. Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to talk about our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor simply is the perfect place to go if you're trying to start a podcast. First off, free, that's great, but there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super easy to use, super intuitive, Uh, and then once you have that edited, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places uh, where you listen to podcasts. And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away. No minimum listenership. Start getting that anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. So what are you waiting for? Download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Now, the schooner pod. This is a uh, <laughs> this was this was a pretty impressive performance for the first half. Second half, not so much. Uh, I think this is the game. We, we've talked for a while about how Jalen Hurts isn't Baker and he's not Kyler. And this is a game where you can really see, you know, the gap in uh, quality there. Yeah. Not to say that he's a bad quarterback, but just some of the decision-making, again, it's it just well, it's, wild. It's kind of the thing with, with Baker and Kyler. Baker especially, Kyler to a lesser extent, but still very much so. Uh, when the play breaks down, that's when they would really shine. And... It, it's almost the opposite with Hertz. If if the play begins to break down, um, then it's probably not going to turn into anything positive for OU. It it uh, very rarely with Hertz when the play breaks down is does it turn into something big. Whereas with OU, when when the play would break down uh, with Bake and, and with Kyler, that's where you would see some of the most amazing moments, and that's really where they had those Heisman moments 
was uh, doing tremendous things that no one else in college football could do at the time. Um, I know he hates the he hates the comparison. He's much more professional um, and, and much much more fundamentally sound. But you would see Bake out there with with Johnny Manziel like plays sometimes, where it was just absolutely ridiculous um, what he was doing and and able to do. And then Kyler just kind of had his own style. I, I mean, a lot of people compare him to to some other different quarterbacks in the pros and in, <coughs> in college, but because of his size, he's He's pretty unique in, in what he was able to do as well. But it, I just don't – you don't really see that with Hurts. He's he's at his strongest when everything is going according to plan and we're checking the boxes. He does find making adjustments uh, before the play and stuff. He, he's a great game manager in that aspect. But it's just during the play, uh, his decision-making is not at the level that our previous quarterbacks have been. So we're, we're kind of spoiled and it skews our opinion, I think. Yeah, no, definitely, and he definitely uh, he's he's good at tucking the ball and running whenever he you know needs to improvise. But other than that, we've seen some pretty rough stuff. That last interception that set up Iowa State for their uh, I think it was it wasn't their game time, was it? It was their game time one. Yeah, it was. yeah, their game time, nearly game time touchdown. Um, I mean that was that was on the on par of that Texas interception he threw. That was just awful. Yeah. In fact, it might have well, been. Well, he, he threw yeah. one um, in the second quarter, I think, that I I spoke to you about <coughs> because like, we were watching it. Yeah. And you can see him. He clearly – I'll try to describe it for everyone because I know we're a podcast. Uh, <laughs> so he – it's around the second quarter. He rolls out to, to the right side of the field um, towards, you know, where they're facing. So towards the student section and the visitor side. And he's rolling out, and he clearly knows the play, mm. um, and he knows where the receivers are supposed to be. And Rambo is running a – I don't know what he was running. I wasn't paying attention. I, I assume it's some sort of out. He's about 11, 12 yards forward of uh, Hertz and of the line of scrimmage, and then with about within about five yards of out of bounds uh, just past the first down. And you can tell that that's – you know, his design route, that's where he was supposed to be, and Hertz is rolling out, and he's looking at a defender, and he's looking uh, completely to his right, so a solid 90 degrees away outside of a view of where Rambo is, and, and he's rolling out, and he knows that, you can tell he knows that Rambo's over there, and he throws it without looking to Rambo's general vicinity, and then looks, and then he sees that there's a, a pair of Iowa State defenders there um, that you know, he wouldn't have thrown had he seen, but it was too late because the ball was already in the air. And I forget if, if one of them dropped it or if it kind of sailed out of bounds. I want to say one of them dropped it. Um, yeah. And it was not good to see because it, that was the, you know, the same thing that we saw at Texas when he threw to where someone was clearly supposed to be, except it was only a Texas player there. Yeah. And he would have known that had he even looked and he didn't. Yeah. And uh, so that's, that's something that he has a, he does frequently when he's under pressure. Of course. Uh, and it's it's accounted for a solid number of his interceptions this year. Yeah, it, there was also one, the one that was like most notable to me is he threw one basically right to an Iowa State guy. It popped off of his uh like off of his chest and right into CD Lamb's hands. Yeah. That one that one was just like he just got so lucky uh yeah, on he, some of those. He also has a an issue I think with with um I guess object fixation sometimes where he he doesn't have an issue too many times picking up defenders that are near or behind the receiver uh, but sometimes he has a serious issue picking up defenders that are forward of the receiver and in, in the path of the ball especially linebackers and when he throws a lot of those those bullet passes on you know flight past the travel across the line or over the line uh he has a lot of he had one this this past game where it was you know just straight up dropped by a linebacker that that you know a quarterback at that level and, and especially a quarterback that, that receives the hype that hurts receives should have seen uh so yeah definitely um i will say one thing hurts did really well is getting the ball to cd lamb eight receptions yeah that's that i 
I don't know if that's his highest mark this season, but that, eight that feels very like a lot. Well, for him especially this season, I know a lot of people think he's he's our uh, well, he is our main guy, but uh, yeah, he he had ten, <coughs> he had ten against Texas. Uh, don't worry, nobody can hear it. Yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> ESPN started auto playing a video. Yeah, yeah. This is his, this was his second highest uh, reception count behind Texas. Oh man, maybe this was also his. I mean, let's just uh, like go ahead and give him the game ball. It's his fifth. Yeah, he's he's my offensive game ball. He yeah, fifth receiving uh, or uh, plus one hundred yard receiving game with uh, one hundred sixty seven two touchdowns and a electric. Uh, sixty-three yard touchdown. Two yeah. Two. Oh wow, that what was a such two. a highlight reel. Oh yeah, where where he uh he he fought off that tackle and just like crossed across the field. Yeah, just crushed. That was a pro. That was absolutely a pro move. And I weirdly enough, I think the best highlight of all, my favorite highlight CD put on uh on Saturday was actually that Kennedy Brooks touchdown where he. Devastating downfield yeah. blocks. He, he had He's that, the he, only receiver yeah. that does it. He had that incredible block where, it, where he, just a solid block, and then he had the wherewithal to break from that block, head downfield, and open the final. I mean, yeah. that, that, he, he, I, it's I mean, that's, that's stuff that I was talking about last year, and, and that's something that I know that the NFL scouts are looking at, and I really think that his his draft stock is going to be very, very high because of. You know all aspects when you when yeah. you look at him when you when you look at his his attitude the way he's a leader on the team um, you know you you see clips of in of him in games even when we're losing and he's never being you know super negative he's he's very competitive but he's never being negative he's never you know being down or anything he usually has a smile on his face and he plays every play if if it's coming to his side and he's blocking then he's blocking he's selling his fakes and he you know when you get the ball in his hands you're going to see some amazing things so he did have a a very uncharacteristic drop uh this game i forget when it was but i i remember that it happened <laughs> i'm sure everyone else does too and then his fumble i mean i don't really you can't really fault him there i don't think i mean he got hit like by two different people at the perfect angles on his arm and caused it to to go out. I don't really blame him for his his fumble at all. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of one of those fluky type of things. Not yeah, yeah, it was pure pure coincidence. Like you you can't do much when one dude hits the back of your arm up and the another dude hits the front of your arm down, um, and it they both kind of put their helmet on the ball. So I mean, just just physics, like. You're probably gonna drop that ball, no yeah. matter how strong your arm is. Like that, just that's just not gonna. Yeah, that's so tough. I don't, I, I don't fault him for that, and I think, no. I think he's pretty clearly the offensive game ball. Yeah, um, if you had to, if you had to name a consolation guy, it'd probably be Kennedy Brooks. Fifteen carries, 132. Yards, I mean, you could very touchdown. much, you could very much argue that he is the reason that we won the game as well. Yeah, that last because touchdown was incredible. everything was everything was working, everything was clicking in the first half. Yeah, um, and his. Our only touchdown of the the second half of the game, Kenny Brooks's forty uh, eight yard run. Yeah, which we were just talking about the CD pro. Lamb one. Yeah, uh, where he, he, yeah CD it, <laughs> the block really kind of opened that up for him too. You know, yeah. <laughs> like that 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 sealed it for him. But honestly, seeing him get a like a significant amount of carries, just it was great. It was really nice to see. He looked fantastic. Um, I mean that that that's the type of performance we wanted to see out of Kennedy Brooks. I think a little we we kind of talked about this a bit, and you know after really kind of breaking down reviewing it, I think he was hurt a little bit by some of the like the type of play calls. They ran a lot of really inside dives down the down the way, but I, whenever I they so. swept him out yeah. wide, like it was great. I have more conspiracy theories there with Hertz never handing it off on RPOs. <laughs> I really wish. I had the time to dig into game film and, and get you guys some solid stats. Hopefully someone else does it, but there's some, there, he very clearly mostly there. gets the ball only when Lincoln Riley says this is a design handle. I I am almost 100% convinced, the more games I watch, the more convinced I am that Hurts almost never hands it off in an RPO. And... We like, should break I, down I, the percentages. Honestly. Yeah, I wish, I wish I could get you guys some real stats, but... Just keep this in mind and, and be aware of this. And then 
you know, Brooks, there was some uh, some rumors about him maybe having some injury issues in practice. Um, Sermon obviously got injured in this game. Yeah. Uh, Stevenson, not really sure. I mean, he's going to be getting more carries now. Yeah. Uh, not really sure why he only got one. And then Pledger uh, has been nursing an injury uh, sort of this whole season. So we... It's kind of even though we thing. only have one out with injuries, we are very shy. Like we we are very, very plausibly and and very literally two hits away from Ramondre Stevenson being the starting running back and us having, uh, you know, some scout team guys out there starting because Pledger, like we said, has been nursing an injury all season, uh, and then Brooks. There's been some rumors about it, and and when you look at his. You know his carries, and as much as he gets out there previously, uh, there might be some some truth to that. And, and Sermon is out for the season now, so that Sermon we, injury is huge. Yeah, we we are very we are way more shallow at running back than I think a lot of people realize. So it's uh, yeah, it's um, it's tough, and I think that's actually a pretty good segue into our injury talk about yeah. this. Uh, obviously. Uh, Trey Sermon going down, pretty tough stuff. Uh, went down with that ankle injury, and, um, and in typical OU fashion, uh, apparently Lincoln Riley has inherited this from Bob Stoops. He said it was not a big deal after the game, only for that player to immediately be ruled out for the season. Uh, yeah, which is, <laughs> as is tradition. So I I like it. I we've talked about this. I think in the off season maybe, um, where I think that it is a good. You know, I think it's a good, um, good policy just to policy. Not really yeah, talk I, I about couldn't that. come up with a word. Yeah, I think it's a good policy for for two things. Uh, one, obviously, it's the dude's personal medical stuff, um, and you know, it's kind of weird when there's hundreds of thousands of people that want to know about your knee or your <laughs> ankle or something. I understand that <laughs> it comes with the territory as an athlete, but. You know, ultimately, it's his business and his health. Granted, people are going to know about it and talk about it, but you know, it's just weird when there's a, a bunch of speculation about it and everything else. And then also, like we talked about, when it comes to, to a game strategy, there is some some solid advantages there to a sort of calculated ambiguity with our injuries. Uh, not so much in a a post game where the dude is very clearly pretty seriously injured and then you're just going to announce an hour later that he's out for the season but when you look back at at some other times uh when we look back at let's say like the the 2014 uh Sugar Bowl against Bama we were very very uh, unclear about who was going to be our quarterback and and no one really knew and because we were able to keep our, our game scheme secret and, and stuff like that, because we had two very different quarterbacks in Blake Bell and Trevor Knight then, mm-hmm. uh, they gave us a big advantage, and, and that advantage can be carried over into into anything. So I, I think there's a layer of, of game strategy as well with being very ambiguous. That's why Stoops did it, and it seems like that has been imparted on Riley. I, I, we've had this discussion, like I said, uh, some months ago, but... I, I really like OU's injury. I, I like the no injury updates during the game because, you know, who knows if he's going to come back or not. Yeah. Um, and 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 stuff like that. So I, I like the way we do it. I like the strategy in particular with cases like Grant Calcaterra, uh, who still remains, you know, <coughs> kind of ambivalent as yeah. to when he's coming back. Um uh, they they don't they haven't even released if it's concussion protocol or not, which we've widely believe it is. Yeah. Uh, there's a big question as to whether or not he'll continue with his football career, which would be just heartbreaking for the guy. He's been super successful. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not heartbreaking if you know he really does need to like step away from the game. Yeah, it's it's still rough to see. Uh, yeah, it's, it's still you never be hard to give up, especially yeah. at that level and and with his potential. Yeah, because he he's a guy who I think you know. You know, I would say going into the season had NFL potential, and yeah, you can, you can absolutely. tell. You can really tell that you know OU, you know tight ends, especially you know watching Mark, Mark Andrews, he's developed into one of the best tight ends in the NFL. Yeah, Jermaine um, Gresham before him, and yeah, I mean we're we're a sneakily really good tight end school. Blake Bell's still in the league for that matter. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Um, 
you just hate it. You hate it for the guy. And hopefully he can get back and hopefully it's not too serious, but you know, uh, yeah, that, that, that just, it's, it's a bummer, but OU just kind of has to press on, see what we can do. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, but. So what about, uh, we'll do take a lapse and then let's, yeah, let's jump some, into next week. There's to take. Yeah. Okay. So, so you, I'll let you go first. Cause you had one prepared. Yeah. I got I, one. I've since thought of one. Uh, that's very personal, so it's personal vendetta. For, oh, that, that, that's... That that is, take a lap. So I'll let great. you go first, because I'm still developing my argument <laughs> here. I'll go to mine. Okay, so... Okay, first of all, I'm not a big fan of the classic highlights of OU, like, barely staving off, you know, a two-point conversion. We've done a lot of them recently, it feels like, in the past couple years. Um, this one in particular was bad, right? Just watching it makes me sick. But the thing that makes me even more upset is immediately after, they flash to just some rando OU student um, immediately throwing the horns down. Look. <laughs> look. That is what a... What are you... Okay. One, producer guy. Like, <laughs> what's going on here? Two, if you... what The first thing I wanted to do after that play was just to, like fall into a puddle of misery, not throw the horns down. Why is that the first thing you think of? <laughs> Let's mess with Texas. What? We, look, I, I know Texas has railed on us before for, you know, oh, you don't have a head sign, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? Maybe we, we need to find something else to do other than double horns down <laughs> after self. That, against Iowa State, randomly. That just, <laughs> come on, people. Figure, yeah, use your brain. Don't mindlessly horns down. You gotta, you, you gotta be smart here. You got, you, you gotta know the context. I think <laughs> deep into November, you kill the horns down. You kill it after you Texas if you win. It's just over. So, especially not after a game-winning stop. Good God! <laughs> Come on, people, be better. We're, look, OU's fan base. Look, I, I know I'm literally like, you. You are literally my viewership, but sometimes y'all people got to figure it out because I don't know. I don't, we 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 have a couple gooners out there, and I'm just saying that's a pretty big gooner move. So I'm advising you to not do that. Uh, but if you do, take a lap. Ty, uh, it's just your vendetta. Two no two <laughs> two quick save rounds on your uh, horns down thing. I'm I'm of the belief that OU needs to either legitimize the horns down because then it's no longer like penalizable or whatever if we just you know somebody puts it on the website as official you know OU canon that this is our hand and arm signal second this finger it, this finger is a wheel and this finger is yeah, a wheel and, and it's a your hand it's and, and your hands a wagon yeah <laughs> that's that's we'll what release, it is. We'll release a, a graphic of potential <laughs> OU hand signs on a just tape on like, Instagram. Just tape like little little wheels to your yeah. fingers, and then it's a wagon. So here, here's my second, <laughs> and this is the one I would prefer, but it would never happen. Uh, my second, and this is you know absolute best case scenario, it would be absolutely hilarious. Is we just appropriate horns up, and OU fans just start doing horns up all the time. And it would just drive Texas fans crazy because it makes absolutely no sense. It's their hand signal, but now we've appropriated it. And everyone at all the games and at the state fairs and all their OU stuff and the OU players are scoring touchdowns on Texas, doing the horns up and stuff. It, that That's best case scenario is we just appropriate their hand signal. It will never truly be ours, but it will ruin the fun for them. Well, hold on. It's kind of like if I can't have fun, then you guys aren't either... Hold on, I think I found a better and way. We just about soiled this. the game. Also, while you were talking, I came up with some sort of horns up with like a hand O to make like an OU thing. Oh yeah, like but a, it's not it, like a. It doesn't. It doesn't work perfect. Oh, like a like a. Not like horns up. Horns th- this down. is great radio right now. We're just making hand signals. <laughs> um, yeah. But hold on, here's the best way to do it. That kind of combines both of our plans. So you do the horn, horns down is now schooner right. And then you argue that, oh, if you're doing horns up, you're just tipping our schooner over. That was a hard moment for us oh, to yeah, watch. Oh, yeah, that would be bad. We, that need, would to, just we need to ban horns up. Further reinforce. It's not, horns, yeah. it's not horns up. It's schooner toppled over. <laughs> and that, that hurts me. Cause, you, know, you shouldn't have said that. People got to hurt. <laughs> Chris saying. is going to hear that, and then it's going to get released out to the Texas world. <laughs> and I'm going to be seeing toppled. stuff on Twitter about how the horns up is the toppled schooner. God damn it, Bob. <laughs> 
like that's not too bad. That's just it's. It, I'm just saying. That'll it's catch offended, on. It's a fit. It's offensive and it needs to stop. Toppled scooter. I don't like it. All right. So here's my take out for the week. <laughs> uh, I'm not even going to name the group of individuals. They knew. They know who they are, and <laughs> and anyone that agrees with them, this is this is at you too. And and I just want you to know first and foremost. Your opinion does not matter. It, it, I'm, I'm trying to keep this one clean. Of course. Your, your opinion does not matter, okay? The <laughs> the University of Oklahoma football team is a football team of a college playing another college, okay? the Ultimately, at, at the end of the day, the people with the most right to be at the game are the students of that school. Yeah. Okay? What they want to do with their time, 100% their business and, and if you're some person that lives close or you were born in the state or whatever, cool. Guess what? You don't want to come to the games anymore because the students don't buy tickets? Oh, no, the school's going to collapse now that you're buying. You're not buying a $70 ticket once a season. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, second thing about the student section emptying out. Let me take a breath here. Okay, get a real worked up First, there. Okay, the student section is, is general admission, so it's just a big section that people with random tickets come in, okay? All, all you, you know, I'm going to name you, all you gooners out there sitting on the other side, taking pictures, complaining about the student section being empty, full disclosure, as a student, <laughs> I did in fact leave in the third quarter. It but was cold. But when, when I left, I didn't want to leave. I'm married, so I don't get a choice. I wanted to stay. But when I left, the other half of the stadium was just as empty. But do you know what the difference is? The student section looks more empty because as it empties out, everyone fills down. So that's why when you take a picture of the student section, the bottom half and the bottom area is always still full and the top is empty. It's not like everyone at the top is like, oh, our seats suck, we're leaving. Yeah. No, that's not what happens. Everyone fills down. So when people from the other sections, the sections of the people that aren't in a box and aren't on the field and aren't in the student section, a.k.a. the people that don't matter, when they leave, it doesn't look as empty because there's seats there, so there's little red seats that kind of look like people, and everyone kind of stays in their seats. So, like, the other sections would look just as empty. If everyone Th- moved down, yeah. yeah. Third of all, my first point, again, your opinion doesn't matter, okay? <laughs> until, until some of the people in the box or some of the people that are giving the university money that matters start complaining about it, maybe the university might send an email or something. But, again, ultimately... It's a football game for a school. The students of that school are going to have a section and let them live their lives, okay? They're young kids. They want to go out and party. They want to have fun. Okay, football is they don't attach their entire self-worth to the football team. And if you're someone that does, maybe you should reevaluate your life, especially, again, if you're not sitting in the student section because you don't go to that school. Exactly. Okay, so again... Take a lap. And now, a lot of you guys need to take a lap or, or two or get on at least a diet program, which, <laughs> granted, after living outside of Oklahoma, the food the food opportunities here and, and stuff, not the healthiest, but very amazing, so I understand. For but sure. Take a lap if you were out here. Okay, and let me caveat this. I'm not <laughs> – I kind of am, but I'm not defending the actions of the students. I wish that, you know, most of them didn't leave. Granted, most of them will. And, and, again, I would stay the whole game for every game, even if the blowout, if I could. But I can't um, <laughs> oh, because, man. you know, I have to balance priorities. Oh, man. But, uh, Do I need to cut the yeah, part so out for no, Katie? No, Katie doesn't <laughs> listen to the podcast. That's um, true. <laughs> but uh, That's true, girl. Right. Anyways, I'm not, I'm not defending the actions of the students. I'm not saying it's right. But at the same time, like, let the kids be kids, okay? They're, yeah. You know, if, if you want to go complain into the, the echo chamber that is – Twitter, do that because no one that's a, a child, unless they're a journalist, <laughs> is on it, anyways. So, I mean, go do that. But yeah, well, like, you, you know take it. If, like? you, if you're a grown <laughs> adult and you have opinions about the OU student section, grow up. Take a lap, too. Take a lap. Yeah. You, you know what would be, you know what would change. Well, you know what it would be like? It would be like if, like, and this probably happens is the sad part. It'd be like if the people of Allen, Texas were upset at the high school student section for not staying the entire okay. time. Also, I think they deserve also, the right to do Also, do you know that. who has the worst <laughs> issue with student section attendance in the country? Oh. Alabama. Yeah, because they don't play anyone, Paul. Well, yeah, and they're <laughs> so used to winning. Everyone's like, they should appreciate it. Like, it, it, is, it is proven that when a team is good for a long time, that the fans start to leave her. Like, Bama has one of the worst issues with this. Yeah. And, like, it's, you know, it's 
It's not it, it's not just an OU incident. It's like the people that are like, oh, OU fans are so toxic towards the players. Oh, no, no, oh, no, yeah. no. Well, yes. Yeah, but it, but it's it, like None of these things places. are, like, you need to, people need to broaden, go on Texags or the, the Michigan thing or whatever. Like, no it, one's poisoned a tree there is, There's not a single issue at OU that is just at OU. So. Yeah, no, and usually it's compounded at other SEC schools specifically. Yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> and honestly, a lot of the issues are a lot, a lot worse at a lot of other places. Yeah, so, for sure. So, you know, Anyways. It, it could be worse, but we really do have a fan base that really panics at the, like, at the first sight of yeah, and it's not like adversity. It, also, if you look, like, most of the students left at halftime, okay? It's not like people were like, oh, this is a bad game, we're leaving. No. We're, like, we're, most we're of the people ass. had, but, uh, well, not most, but I, I know a fair amount of people that if they could have come back in, they would have when it started to become a good game. That's just not an option. So... Yeah, that's my take a lap. Let's jump into next. <laughs> let's just yeah, let's let's talk about the game. It, it, it's okay, you know. Sometimes you need to really vent some uh, frustration with the uh, Gooner community. They're uh, pretty tough sometimes. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's talk about next week. It's kind of a game we've been looking forward to for quite a while. It's, uh, I mean, it's Baylor. You know, this is this has been a a really interesting game for me because it feels like something has kind of weirdly enough come full circle. This was OU Baylor in 2015. It's college game day. OU, you know, we we looked good against Tennessee, I guess. We had a couple wins, lost to a disappointing Texas team, but it felt like one of those other years where, like... The only game I saw yeah. that season was TCU. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> that was the only one I got to see, and I was there. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. Because yeah. you were, uh, you know... Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't know that... I didn't know anything, anything about that. I, la- I think I had to, like, kind of update you sometimes about I like, think how I, the team I found out like. about the Tennessee game, like, a month later. And by that point, we lost to Texas, so it was like... Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I was a solid month behind that whole season. Yeah, but that 2015 season was a year where... It, it 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 was the first it was the first year it pivoted right for OU Lincoln Riley's first season, you know we we <laughs> we had we had our good you know our good year lost to Texas but you know that that Baylor like game in Waco always loomed as you know they're gonna kick our ass they they beat our ass in 2013 in Waco on a Thursday night completely embarrassed. Well, that was with RG3, right? Uh, no, it was Bryce Petty. Oh, no, so yeah, that's that, even was, worse. that was even earlier. Yeah, yeah. We, we had a two-game losing streak. Yeah, because that was with, that was with uh, Brent Venables. Yeah, we had two. We had a two-game losing streak in Waco. You know, they beat us. This was the embarrassing Mike Stoops game where we were playing, you know, 15-yard, you know, uh, coverages. And I'll put it this way. I remember walking into this game and having a uh, having a Baylor, what what of Darielle's Baylor friends tell me, Legitimately, I asked him what the score would be, and he's like, "You know, I think he's going to keep it close, but if Baylor pulls away, it'll be forty-two to fourteen, and um, forty-two to fourteen, and genuinely wasn't talking shit. He was just being like a like nice. <laughs> Not understand what like, keep it close means. <laughs> that's what he. That's what keep it close meant for Baylor in the Art Briles era. <laughs> so, oh, you pulling that game off, Baker? You know, with an absolutely fantastic touchdown. Um, you know, to Dimitri Flowers. It, it was just. It was one of those games that. I don't want to use the term, but it felt like OU football was where it needed to be. I w- I'm not going to say the B word, but it felt like OU was where it needed to be and was the first step in that process towards you know making the playoff. Now, what was that random story I had it to say? It took me way too long. I just I did just clicked what, what you meant by the B word. But yeah. yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I don't want to stop you. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, okay, so what did all that mean? Basically... Now, right after that happened with Baylor, they completely went to shambles, fell apart. We all, we don't need to rehash that. Coach Art Bryles, while OU went in a completely different direction. Now here we are five years later, college game day back in Waco. Baylor's come back up to, you know, decently respectable. They're undefeated. And, uh, yeah, two universities completely, <laughs> like, crossing paths again. It's really, it's really going to be exciting to me because this is – this is a true primetime opportunity for OU to turn it around. Will they? I don't know. But um, it's going to be it's gonna be a hell of a matchup. Uh, so, Ty, let's talk about this. Because we had an opportunity to watch Baylor a little bit last yeah. weekend. Oh, my goodness. What do you think of the Bears? I'm I, Just because I've talked for too long. <laughs> um, well, 
I, I don't know if you know this, but they coming soon. They have an In and Out uh, Whole Foods. <laughs> uh, um, Allegedly, uh, I think there was a Genghis Grill. Oddly enough, mentioned there. How close is it to um, the uh, to the new cult pop that popped up? I wonder. I don't know. They're, <laughs> they're all coming um, as soon as A and M wins the national championship. That's when they're they're putting in those restaurants, and it'll be purely funded by Jimbo's national championship winnings. Yeah, <laughs> somehow. So they have they have all that going for them, which uh, is nice. Which is nice. Um, <laughs> do you know who their guest picker is going to be for game day? Uh, it's probably going to be. Uh, uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines. That's my it's guess. It's probably going to be RG three. Last time I was there, it was uh, oh shoot, who was it last time? It was um. It's pro- here's my here's my prediction. It's probably going to be RG three, <laughs> and he's probably going to be injured somehow walking up on the set because <laughs> uh, that's on. He's, he's going to have a walking boot on both feet. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, last time it was uh oh who's who's the um the comedian with the puppets? You know. Oh um. Uh, oh, it's uh Jeff Dunham. Yeah, it was Jeff Dunham. It was kind of weird, but. Because he, he went to Baylor, didn't he? Yeah, he, he he went to Baylor. He's from Waco. But it's probably going to be, you know, a super boring picker. It might be Jeff Donham again. They have a really big thing for For comedians. repeat guys, yeah. yeah. And it, it'll be more interesting to the fixer-upper people, that's for sure. Um, Chip and Joanna would be cool, I guess. Have they ever done a double guest picker? I think they did Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union this year for Nebraska. Because Gabby Union is from, yeah. is a, like, from Nebraska. I think went to Nebraska. But I guess Chip and Joanna would be uh, like Chip would be kind of cool. Yeah, they should just get the actual bear up there because they have like a live bear. <laughs> they should just like somehow just put the bear in a seat. <laughs> that's that's the move. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, it's uh, this is the tough. Baylor's look terrible all season. They've I you know previous to to last week we've been able to say that Baylor and Minnesota have looked very much the same, but now Minnesota looks you know. Who knows? Maybe that, that was just their one upset that they had just at the perfect time, and I think they look more legit than we thought. But Baylor has has been scraping by. You know, obviously they barely won over TCU. They won because of a missed field goal against West Virginia. They barely won over Texas Tech. But then they uh, have like games like at Kansas State, at Iowa State, they at OSU. Both games they look like pretty solid. They just they just. Every time we think they're done, like they're in a corner, they're done. We declared them done against K-State. We declared them done against uh, Oklahoma State. Every time we think they're going to get exposed, they somehow find the a Oklahoma way. Oklahoma State is more on Oklahoma State. That's how they've been yeah. all season. It's just completely... Wildly inconsistent. Super inconsistent, yeah. And Baylor's been inconsistent, but it's like they're inconsistent because... But they're just lucky. Yeah, they're lucky. They're like, I mean, had they had West Virginia made that field goal, this would be a totally different discussion. Yeah. And Baylor, who twelfth is not the right ranking. Well, they, yeah, this is this is recorded on Monday uh, before the college football playoff. But Baylor, who is ranked, uh, you know, whatever they're ranked, would probably be, you know, twenties, maybe high teens. Had they lost to West Virginia, maybe. So yeah, and, and that was just 20s. a matter of that would just be a matter of chance. So you know, it, it's important to keep those things. Um, I, I will say this though. I will say this for, though for Baylor is when you have so many close games like this, it honestly kind of plays in your favor in a weird way because you don't you don't get down on yourself. Yeah, you, can, you really like, build find that a, confidence. You always find a way to win and. You know, some might, TCU game was right. Yeah. Oh god, it was ridiculous. They just kept trying to give that thing away. That muffed punt was one of the most ridiculous, almost muffed punt, where he uh, it was just a stupid play. He just it ran wasn't back muffed. Into, it was downed, yeah. and then the dude jumped. For he it just and ran back into the it. pile. Like, what are you thinking, dude? Like, it just ugh. I I don't know. No awareness. But obviously, this Baylor team, uh, highlighted by Charlie Brewer, their quarterback. Um, and uh, you know the, the pair of uh, Charlie Brewer and uh, Denzel Mims, we got his first name right finally, uh, has been impressive. Yeah, I, I will say, I, we were talking about this when we were watching the TCU game. Uh, Charlie Brewer might be better than his stats indicate, just in the fact that he doesn't have the best receipt. Even Mims, he, we watched this, this TCU game and just over and over and over, he was throwing perfect balls right into his receiver's hands that they were just dropping. And it wasn't like they were, you know, fully extended or laying out for these balls and dropping them or 
they were like really but like these were really really well thrown balls and i think that that charlie brewer is definitely one of the best great i mean he's top three i i don't really know if i could even rank them at this point i think you could probably still say hertz is the best but he's definitely a top three quarterback in in the big 12 yeah it doesn't I, mean as much as it used to mean but it, it's still pretty significant and not only this baylor has a pretty good defense if you actually look at them uh the most points they've allowed was 27 Oklahoma State. Well, no, no, 30 to Texas Tech, but that was overtime. The, the most points they've allowed in a regulation game was 27. That's kind of impressive, I think. Yeah. They have a, they have a way of making games choppy, which is super un-Baylor-like. Give credit to Matt Rule for that. Not only that, but you you know that Matt Rule's going to have these guys fired up for this game. That, that coach is next level good. I think, anyways. I think he looks stupid, so I just his, his hoodie's stupid as hell. The, yeah. <laughs> the weird little hoodie windbreaker. With like, but it's like a wind, he has like a windbreaker vest <laughs> it's, it's, with a short sleeve hoodie under it. Ugh, it's awful, awful, awful stuff. Yeah, he's like a very like very poorly done Chinese knockoff Belichick. <laughs> he looks like a, he looks like just a really lame like high school teacher or high school uh, coach. head coach. Yeah, he does. Yeah, that's just it's it's a tough look, but. Um, yeah, I, I think the, I think the key to this game really is just, you know, I, I know I've I've said it before, but do, really do not make mistakes. That which is something OU keeps doing. There's at least two turnovers. Yeah, I feel like OU has that, brought out. Yeah, I really feel like we could be so much better of a team if we just didn't focus on anything but just pure fundamentals and basics. Just discipline. We we've always yeah. we've had a discipline issue this entire season. I feel like yeah. early on it was it was especially penalties, especially defensively. Yeah, especially yeah. defensively. Good God, Par- I forgot about Parnell. Parnell Motley like kicked a dude like yeah. two games ago. It's terrible. It just you just stay that's, that's stay a leadership. Focused. That's a leadership issue. I'm not, I'm not going to say it's it's coaching or or whatever else, but that, yeah. that is a definite leadership issue there and. It's it's it, it, it just it's ridiculous that a you know a, a senior like Motley wouldn't know to you know do that not just kick someone in the it, chest it, it, yeah don't let the atmosphere you know be a factor in this game because it, it is yeah. this is the first road game we've we've really played at night I don't care. really the the second road game we've actually played because UCLA was a graveyard Kansas is Kansas and then you know K State was absolutely nuts. So hopefully they know how to play a little bit more under composure, but they should know how to do that anyways. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that shouldn't that shouldn't be a problem and it is. So. Yeah. But overall, it, it, this is going to be a tough test for OU. Don't let don't let uh Baylor's um mishaps fool you. This is a team that's tough. They're going to find a way to keep it close and uh yeah, I'm looking forward to it, but uh big Should test for OU. Game. Yeah. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> if you like this podcast, uh, please, please, subscribe, follow. We have a lot of good content. It's good stuff. So we always like um, always like, like putting out this content. We always like getting your feedback. So, uh, yeah, if you like this content, just follow us on uh, social media, at Schooner Blog on Twitter and Facebook, and then at InstaSchooner on Instagram. We have good stuff occasionally. <laughs> it's it's wildly inconsistent, but it's all right. We, we, I don't know. We might we might we might try to reboot it for base for basketball season. For baseball, baseball season. Um, anyways, make sure to uh, subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. You know, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, all over the place. Hit that subscribe. Five stars for the Scooter Pod. We are five star men. Um, well, again, thank you so much for listening. We will see you on Thursday. When we're talking our picks and a little college football in general. And, uh, yeah, so until then, you know, have a good rest of your week and uh, boomer sooner. Boomer sooner. That was good. Yeah. Mama told me not to. I did anyway misbehaving. Daddy said don't, but I said I'm going to misbehaving. Playing with a stick. I wore lipstick. And I got cold shaving. Just two little country, country kids outside misbehaving. Teacher said don't, but I said it anyway, misbehaving. Preacher said no, if you do, you're gonna pay misbehaving. Kicking in a
tickle in my mind.